Good morning and welcome to episode four of the Roughed Up Rebooted Podcast. My name is Wes Yee. I'm joined by Matt Armstrong and Mike Roy. What's up, What's up, boys? Yo. How's it going? Coming off another banner week of uh, sports betting. We'll pick today's uh, going to be the week... 11? Week 11, Lions. Sounds good. Uh, but first, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about last week. We were just recapping our best bets. Uh, I had Titans minus four and a half. It did not come through. They won, but did not cover. Uh, something that only happens about 15% of the time. Line did come into play. Uh, Roy, you had the Packers. Came through against the Bears. Feels good. Yeah. Uh, getting four and a half. Getting four and a half. Quite nice. Right. And then, uh, Army, you had the over in the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, that was uh, a real grind to watch the first half. Um, I think... Uh, Bell had like 20 yards rushing against the worst rushing defense in football. So. That is that is a confusing team, the Steelers. And I'm sure we'll talk more about them today. All right, so let's get started. Week 11 lines. We'll do the primetime games, and then we'll come back with a game each. So we'll start furthest out. Monday night, the Atlanta Falcons visiting the Seattle Seahawks. Falcons. Staying alive in the NFC South at five and four, Seahawks second in the NFC West at six and three. Seahawks losing Richard Sherman with a busted Achilles, pretty nasty looking injury. Um, Earl Thomas has been hurt, but they are still the Seahawks. They are still at home, and they are still three point favorites. Uh, Roy, you have honors. Why don't you take the first shot at this one? Yeah, um, let me pull up some stats here. <laughs> while, while you do that, uh, how do we feel about these teams? I mean, Seattle, we've we've been long-time uh, lovers with Seattle, but, uh, the, you know, the Sherman injury is definitely pretty painful for them, and that defense, which hasn't looked as good as it has historically. Uh, Falcons seem to have regressed to what they were before their Super Bowl season last year. Uh, still a good team, but not uh, certainly not the world beaters that they were uh, last year when it seemed like offensively they, they just couldn't be stopped. Yeah, it's kind no of interesting if, if you look at the how the Falcons looked against Dallas last week. Um, they kind of just, uh, yeah, really the word regression is kind of uh, probably perfect. Um, they seem to be the team that we thought they were. <laughs> and uh, definitely Seattle with all the injuries doesn't, uh, doesn't mean too much since um, I, I would take Atlanta in this game anyway. On the road in Seattle. Oof, what a what a fall to be betting uh, on a team in Seattle. Well, uh, they're not so great at home this year, are they? Um, yeah, they're three and two at home. Uh, no, three and one at home, but uh, not so much against the Redskins two weeks ago. Yeah. All right, Roy, hit us with your stats. Um. Yeah, I thought there was more injuries than Sherman from Seattle side. I guess that's the uh, Redskins side that has a boatload of injuries. Um, but yeah, so they're just not the same defense as we've seen in the past. Um, and on the other side, so Atlanta, like you mentioned, regression, but back to good, I guess, from uh, from last week. Maybe starting to show some, some signs of life. I've heard stories that Matt Ryan's playing the best like um, based on yards per attempt based on pass completion and, and like Matt Ryan's stats right now in his last couple of games, like he's playing the best he has this season. Um, what doesn't bode well is that Devonta Freeman is out with a concussion most likely. Um, he's questionable, but Devin Coleman's a perfectly fine backup. Um, and Seattle just has no run game. So Another I think this where you'd feel like this would be like a, like a keep it on the ground, play safe type game. I think Matt Ryan is playing at a high level and can air it out and their coach is Dan Quinn. So it's like, he knows how to beat the Seattle defense. And I think the, the defense will be exposed. Matt Ryan will have success in the air. Coleman can do some, you know, can check down, can pass, can run to the tackles. And I just don't see Seattle scoring enough to match Atlanta here. I, I do like Atlanta quite a bit. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, uh, Julio Jones, only one touchdown this season. Pretty uh, disappointing season for fantasy owners of, of the one-time great. Yep. 
All right. Well, I will have to go the other way here, and I'm going to take Seattle. I think people, the first first impression people are going to have when they look at this game is the Sherman injury, and I think it's a bit of an overreaction. I still think Seattle is a, is a better team, um, and and of course, being at home is worth at least the three that they're giving here. And it's uh, right now it's got a, a plus 105 attached to it, so I like the minus three, but not a strong one here for me uh, for all the reasons it is, that you it guys is a, an extra long week. Um, so that they can possibly scheme-wise uh, practice things uh, after playing Thursday last week. So maybe they're able to figure stuff out. I guess, yeah, I would agree that three at home against any opponent is kind of um, something I would never have said in previous years, but I think um, both teams are going in different directions here. Mm-hmm. Good for Good for my Rams future. I'll take that. All right, so Sunday night we've got the probably in most cases number one power ranked team in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles, at Cal- at Dallas Eagles are a three and a half point favorite. Pretty remarkable um, how how much the Eagles have caught fire this season. Uh, they are a big. This is a big favorite uh, for a division road opponent. Uh, that is a good team. Dallas, of course, coming off of the loss last week. Um, no Ezekiel. Uh, no Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, probably won't have him again, but three and a half point home underdogs here. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on him. I think this is where you know I've kind of been fading Philadelphia the last few weeks. They've been running so hot that uh, I feel like they're due for a regression. Um, but and then you add in the value here on Dallas. People are of course you know same thing as the Sherman thing. Uh, people are going to be mentioning El- No Elliott this week. Um, I think there's a little extra value on the Cowboys here. Uh, I would uh, mention that this line opened at three, and it's now three and a half. So I guess the Sharps got in there when they could at this number. Um, I still like Dallas at home, even though they laid that stinker last week. I think they weren't really prepared as a team to play without Zeke. Um, But they still have options and are relatively a good team. This is definitely a must win as well for Dallas. I thought Alfred Morris looked looked fine. Um, he didn't, you know, he didn't pop off, but he was he was solid. Fair, yeah. I I, I think I go with Dallas on this one as well. Okay, so I'm on the belief that the abnormality, as you call it, from Dallas last week was more of a sign of things to come than a abnormality. Um, I guess putting all the pressure on Dak. Like I forget what Morris's stats were. I guess we can look it up, but I don't think he was actually that effective. And um, McFadden is, you know, running as the third stringer. Uh, It's just, I think Dak had too much on him. He looked lost. They lost their left tackle, and they made no adjustments. Like, that was the most shocking thing from on the way to work. I was listening to uh, Mike and Mike in the morning, and and, uh, one of the Mike's Gallic, I think, was saying how utterly in disbelief he was that when Dallas lost the left tackle and was getting punished by that Atlanta rusher, they made no adjustments, no help, no tight end blocking. And it was just like stunning how over and over again, six sacks and just, they didn't do anything. And I see this more as a sign of Dallas is, is in trouble and sure that, you know, they, they, they come back home and this is a division game, but Philly is just better than Atlanta. Like they're Atlanta 2.0. All that Atlanta is and does, Philly does even better. The only concern is that they're off a of bye. And like Marco likes to say, <clears throat> when a team is rolling and they hit the bye week, like that's the last thing you know that they want. And then they kind of, I guess, like end the bye flat. But yeah. uh, um, halts the momentum. So yeah, uh, yeah Morris, uh, 11 carries for 53 yards. So 4.8 yards a carry, pretty good. Um, but yeah, McFadden, no, not a factor. And, and I think, you know, one of the things that you, you got out there is uh, coaching. And I've never been a big fan of Jason Garrett and, uh, you know, the inability to make adjustments with personnel changes or situational changes has never been his strength. So, uh, you know, good points. Good points there. Yeah. So I'm just not going to get in front of this Philly train yet until, I mean, this is just, I think, a bad spot for Dallas because of losing Zeke, losing a left tackle and just kind of, they're kind of in disarray. If, that wasn't the case, and yes, this would be a great spot for them as a bounce back. But I just feel like it's 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 on them. Like there's no pressure on Philly here. The pressure's on Dallas, and I think Philly's is too good. 
Hmm. All right. Well, let's uh, shift it back to the Thursday night game. It is the Tennessee Titans at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers coming off of a pretty cheap win, I think we can all agree, against the Colts. They looked pretty listless for most of that game, but were able to come away with the win, which counts for something. Uh, in fact, it counts for they are now 7-2, and two, which is uh, better than I would have guessed based on uh, what I've seen from them this season. But nonetheless, 7-2, and two, pretty much stranglehold on the AFC North, um, and they are seven-point home favorites against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Army, why don't you take this one? Uh, yeah, boy, uh, this is definitely going to be a stay away for me. I have misjudged what Pittsburgh is, and I think uh, you've worded it perfectly that you're not you're not getting any kind of consistency, even with a veteran coaching staff and quarterback. It's just like, why why are they good one week and world beaters, and then the next week? Lay, lay eggs against the Colts. Uh, luckily, um, they are sitting pretty in a bad division, but um, I don't I don't quite understand the full seven here. Um, I think if, if you were going to bet this, you'd have to go with Tennessee. I don't know what kind of animal is going on behind you, but that is uh, spectacular. Yeah, something is dying. <laughs> um, Maybe uh, maybe mute yourself when you're not talking. Oh yeah, that it's like is... a Autobot battle. <laughs> yeah, it's or maybe it's a, maybe he's watching the trailer for the new uh, Pacific Rim movie coming out. Uh, Ooh, could be coming out soon. Um, all right, well, Roy, you got any any comments on this Tennessee plus seven? Yeah, I think the Steelers they're so interesting because they tend to play down to their opponents or up to their opponents, you know, like they lay an egg against the Colts, but they play down to Indy and they can put up, you know, 40 against, against them um, the best teams. So here it's just, I, I think Tennessee is good enough that, that they can hang in. Um, I don't know what to get out of Pittsburgh. Uh, like big man had a good game uh, last week and like he could lay an egg here on a short week. I don't quite know, but seven is a lot. And I, I think Tennessee is confident enough um, to keep it close, at least field goal either way. Yeah, this is the first game that left off the page to me. Um, I've been a Tennessee backer this season. Um, I think they are also kind of an inconsistent team, um, but good running team. They're kind of the type of team they're not going to get uh, blown out, I don't think. And seven does feel like a lot here, uh, especially Pittsburgh. Like they're the type of team that you know they could easily lose this game. Um, the number doesn't seem to matter. Um, so I would be looking to Tennessee and, and the money line here even um, with, mm. uh, you know, plus, two, plus 250. I think I think so. Nice. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's each pick a game. A Sunday games. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six, seven, eight, nine open. Sorry. Well, not counting the not counting the night game. We've got eight open lines um, and we can take a shot at the Buffalo one, too, since that one's open. So um Army, you're uh, you, you had quite a week last week. Why don't you why don't you pick one game uh, and get us started? Uh, Is the battle over of robots? <laughs> one of the uh, interesting oh, ones that I kind of like here is a. Uh, it looks kind of scary, uh, but it's the Redskins skins uh, Saints game at the plus eight for Redskins. Um, I actually like the over of fifty one. Um, I think <laughs> I've done this already twice um, and cashed at least one of the tickets, but I think one team can cover these points on their own. Um, the Saints are really rolling, and the Redskins, I think, are capable of scoring with them. Whether they can hold the eight is uh, up to you, but I think this is going to be a huge scoring game. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to get in front of that Saints train. That's a lot of points, though. Yeah, we. I, I definitely stood behind them or in front of them uh, last week. On I was on Buffalo in a number of uh, a number of pretend bets and uh, definitely took a took a beat down. Um, ah, it's fifty one seems reasonable. So you know, eight point spread. What are we saying there? So that's uh, twenty. Someone help me. I'm trying to do math in my head here. Was that twenty eight? Twenty twenty. 31 30, 21? yeah 30 21 yeah so 
Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that seems that seems achievable. So, uh, good one. All right. No, no other comments there. I think two two good offenses. I think say the one thing to be concerned about there for me would be uh, there are two, there are two teams that can run the ball, and so when you have that, it can kind of shorten the game, um, which would prevent uh, you know a, a lot of scoring. So maybe one that you look at it you know in the first quarter, and if, if one team is way ahead, then you look blowout. Um, but hard to say for me. So still still fifty one is a pretty pretty chunky chunky number. Roy, do you like this game at all? Um, I'm looking at the Saints schedule. Uh, one, two, they've played four home games so far this season, and only two of them have gone over 50 points. Um, the two that went under were the Bears and the Bucks, so terrible offenses. The, the, the ones that are over, Lions and Patriots, competent offenses. So, yeah, if you think Washington uh, can score, then the over is definitely a live bet. But as far as side, at uh, this is a stay away from me because, like, I've been against the Saints last week. I thought Buffalo was in a great spot, and I just I can't get in front of this train. But they could easily put up, you know, fifty of their own and blow out the skins. Another thing to remember here: Saints historically bad defense. This year, they have allowed the same amount of points as the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, it's impressive. Roy, you Boy, the game? Really Buffalo. That was for sure. There was nothing going on there. <laughs> That was a painful one. That was brutal. All right, Roy, you got a game? Yeah, I'm torn between two. Two games leap off the page to me. Um, I I don't know how the Denver Broncos are favored right now in any game. <laughs> like, what are people watching? Like, I, I so my first lean is against Cincinnati or with Cincinnati for sure in a heartbeat. Take the points. Um, but the other is the Dolphins, honestly, how they're favored in a game. Uh, after watching back-to-back-to-back meltdowns on national TV, it's just... And so they have the 32nd-ranked passing offense, like the second-to-last-ranked rushing offense. It's just like all these stats that they're a horrible team masquerading as a 4-5 and five team right now. Um, so both those games, I'm going the other way. Take, I'm, I'm taking the Bucks, getting points, with a confident Fitzpatrick and Mike Evans back. I like that game a lot. And then just looking away from Denver until they can show me anything to Cincinnati. Um, my lock, my big play would be the Bucks because I feel like Evans and Fitzpatrick are more than competent and Miami's defense or Miami's just a terrible team. So um, looking at the Bucks as a great pick and just fading Denver until actually they get a quarterback or, you know, they don't quit. More than competent. Words of extreme endorsement. All right. Yeah, I uh, I didn't see the Tampa line, so that that seems like a lot of points. Um, Denver yeah, it's, has oh it's god Miami minus two and a half is that line. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh Miami. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. At Miami. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Are they have. A, I don't know about them as a home <laughs> team. Like, are they renowned for home field advantage? I, I, yeah. I I don't know. Probably not a game I'll be interested in those two teams. Those two teams should not be favored right now. When there are teams that have quit, it's like I don't want to participate because the points don't really matter, it seems like. So hard to say. And Denver, Denver seems like they've quit. At least the defense has given up. They're like done with the bad quarterbacking. Another team with no Colin Kaepernick and some absolute bum running the show. Mm-hmm. And on the field, like the whole game. So, of course, like, they're going to quit like they're tired. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was embarrassing. Not a team I would stand behind either. Hmm. What about you? All right. So for my game this week, I was going to get on that Tennessee bandwagon. Um, I I think they are a good team. And so that's probably my number one lean. But because we already broke that game down, since it is the Thursday night game, and I don't really like Thursday night games, I'm actually looking to Rams Minnesota. Uh, This game is in Minnesota. Minnesota is a two-point favorite. Uh, they have looked great. The Rams have looked great. Um, but a two-point home favorite, 7-2 and two Vikings, looking very, very strong with Case Keenum. I'm going to go with the Vikings here. Um, I am back in the Rams on this season, but um, I think that, you know, they're, they have really impressive uh, numbers. I think they are a snowball team where if they get a lead on you, they can really push you away and they will run up the score. 
I think the Vikings are good enough to stop that from happening, and they can keep this game close. and And they have the offense to uh, to score enough to win. So, two points at home, short home favorite. Um, I like I like the Ram- I like the uh, sorry I like the Vikings here. I think people are going to be on the Rams because they've been so hot and scoring so many points. Um, but Minnesota is a, is a tough place to play. To play, uh, Army. I'd love to get a weather report from you on this one. Um, but I'll, I'll take the Vikings everywhere. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's indoor stadium though. Yeah. Oh, oh it's it really, it's a new stadium, a U.S. bank, right? That's indoors. Yeah. This is the crack analysis that you tune in for. <laughs> uh, I, for some reason I thought it was outdoors. No, I brand new stadium. Two years, but oh. that's a shame. Okay, yeah. That is a shame. So, right. do you consider Baltimore a good defense? No. <laughs> so then the Vikings and Keenum haven't faced a good defense maybe the whole season. And the analysis that I heard was that he's going to be running for his life, that the Rams are coming. I mean, so both are 7-2 and two good teams. But, you know, he's faced Washington, fine. Cleveland, Baltimore, Green Bay, Chicago, Detroit. Like Tampa Bay, like the worst defenses, and has put up only one game of passing for over 300 yards. So I, I'm hesitant to back Miami, uh, uh, Minnesota here. Do you think Rams have a good defense? I think they do, yeah. So they, they allowed 27 points to the Redskins. They allowed 39 points to the 49ers. They allowed 30 points to the Cowboys. And then they've had some pretty demolishing games against the bad – the. Texans with no quarterback, the Cardinals, um, the Giants, and they lost to the Seahawks, but they only gave up 16 in that game. And they beat the Jags, 27-17. So definitely an impressive team, but um, yeah, we'll see. I think uh, the, the offense may, may run into a real defense, and, and that'll be interesting to see how mm-hmm. they perform. That's a bold lock. It's a bold call. Uh, yeah, I don't know that it's a lock. I think it's uh, it feels like value to me, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Just need, just need one. Just need. Are there one. any uh, ideas on Jacksonville or Cleveland? I'm tempted, but they not covering for me last week. And then I thought Cleveland looked pretty good for most of that game, uh, other than their incredibly bad coaching. Uh, they do seem to have some talent, um, particularly on offense. They were moving the ball very effectively. Um, so I don't love seven and a half. I did it open seven because I thought about. I think I thought about grabbing it at seven. Uh, but seven and a half feels like it's it's a money line parlay kind of spot for me. They ended up not covering, so like they did end up sucking enough to uh, not cover a large number again. Oh. Uh, so yeah, this number is not large enough for the Browns. <laughs> no, it is not. Yeah, I think anything below ten for the rest of the year is kind of um, a trick. Hmm. And Jacksonville is a real team. You know their differential is uh, you know best in the AFC. So if you're a believer in Pythag, you uh, you like them. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. we've we've done our work here. Uh, should we do a little bonus segment on some of the movies that we saw recently? Yeah, sure. Sure. So let's start. Did did you see Thor, Roy? No, I just saw Orient. Hmm. Well, let's 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 kill Thor first. We'll we'll do that one quickly, uh, and then we'll do Orient. But uh, Thor, we saw last week, and I went in with sort of tepid expectations. I've been uh, pretty sour on the Marvel franchise in general. I think the Avengers movies have really kind of been played out. Um, but this was this definitely broke the mold. This this was probably my favorite uh, my favorite Mar- Marvel movie that I've ever seen. Uh, I thought it was really phenomenal. I think you know, probably best movie I've seen this year, and 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 you know, a top top movie for me. Yeah, same same opinion. I think it um, it's just below the first Guardians on my uh, totem pole. Um, I also have fallen out of love of uh, the standalone Marvels and the you know the glamorous Avenger movies. Um, it just becomes so formulaic, but the with the comedy side on on both those movies, they've uh, really stepped it up. And this one was really, uh, yeah, I, I laughed out loud more times in the theater than I, I've had in 
years. So, huge recommendation. Yeah, I think definitely worth seeing in theaters. Um, you know, yeah, we we've talked it up enough. This is a this is a for sure recommendation. Um, so you like that it's comedy focused, not like dark and gritty. Like you like the comedy aspect. I think there's there's some heroes that can portray a dark and gritty, like I don't know, like Daredevil or Batman or whatever. But when the character is like an omnipotent god, um, almost every fight scene is not something you have an emotional investment in. So like you see Superman fighting another god, destroying an entire city. You don't, you know, like oh. Oh no! Is Superman gonna die? Like, and you've got the really ominous music playing. But um, with Thor, you know he's not gonna die. That's just—he's not gonna like be mortally wounded or anything. So you gotta kind of joke around with some of those parts. That's fair. Yeah, and I think it's good, like sort of cartoonish humor. Where it's like very slapsticky and they they really play up like, hey, here's a you know this guy has these crazy abilities like wouldn't it be funny if they did this thing with it, um, and kind of stretch the imagination in ways that you wouldn't expect and then, um, yeah, it was just it was just a lot of fun. I felt like I had a really good time um, watching it. So. But like, so you made a comment about like this will be the one that you buy when it comes out on DVD or like. <laughs> you'll get it and watch it again. Whereas I think the opposite, like if it's comedy and lighthearted, it's, it's, it's entertainment. It's like cheesy. I'll, I'll enjoy it, watch it. But like the dark night or something is one that I'll invest in and buy and watch it again. Like that has the replay value and is the better movie quality wise. Um, uh, I mean, dark. I would say that if you're comparing it to the dark night, like that says enough right there. Like I, to me, the dark night is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Um, and, this is different and definitely it's not as dark. Um, but you know, it's as an action, as an action movie, it stands, stands on, you know, stands on its own. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's a fun movie. It's like you, uh, you know, I would, yeah, I think guardians is a good comparison. Like it's got, you know, a strong cast and, um, you know, they fill their roles well and it's, but it's, it's appropriately funny, right? It's not, you know, funny in the, in the wrong times. I think they have really good comedic timing and, and a strong cast. Yeah, so I didn't know like how you felt about Dark Knight, so that's very interesting. Yeah, I so I've actually started up uh, an IMDb ranked list of. I'm eventually hoping to get all the movies that I've seen. It's taking a long time, as you might expect. Um, but uh, I'm basically I'm I'm doing you know one to ten rating on on every movie that I've seen, and uh, I act, I gave Thor a ten. I you know I was trying I was thinking because it's not, you know it takes a lot to give something a ten because you're saying that this is you know one of the best movies I've ever seen. Um, but as I was, I, I really tried to talk myself out of it, but I, I can't, you know, I can't deny, like I, I walked out of that theater thinking like, that was great. I had a, I had a great time. Like I really enjoyed that. You know, army is, is said, you know, we were laughing out loud, really enjoyed the, the movie, you know, start to finish. So I did give it a 10 and, and, you know, it's up there with, I think, I think I only have like 10 tens out of hundred plus serious? movies so far. Um, I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up for you. Shawshank. Not Shawshank. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, Shawshank is good, but I'm thinking like these are the movies that I could watch over and over and over again. And I have seen Shawshank more than once and I enjoy it less each time. These are fighting words. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think you, you, you should definitely go see it if you haven't seen it. Like it may not be, you know, one of the 10 best movies you'll ever see that you like, but it is definitely a movie better than, uh, better than most, and you—you, I can't imagine someone would watch this and not like it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so I can give you my top ten actually, real quick, if, if you'd like. Um, so we should do that. I have a top five, kind of ready. Yeah, go ahead. You go first. Let me uh, write him out here. Make sure I got him down. What you got on me? Uh, for a list, I can only say Inception. Pretty much Christopher Nolan movies, uh, and try and sorting them in that order. Um, but I think Inception is my favorite. Okay. 
So I have 107. I have my list for I'll go first since you're still pulling yours up. I have 117 movies on here so far. Uh, still working on it, but uh, 15 uh, tens, and they are uh, in in not in order. Uh, so these are all movies that I think I would happily watch. You know, these are I think 10 for me is a movie that you know someone calls and says, "Hey, I want to watch. I'm going to watch this tonight. You want to watch this?" Uh, and I would automatically say yes, no question. Um, I'm happy to watch it many times over. So. So I don't know if it's I don't know how this is sorted, but uh, Thor. So the one we just talked about, Thor Ragnarok, is, is one of them. The Dark Knight is another. Uh, Schindler's List is is on there. Um, Return of the Jedi. The Prestige is I've that's been the one that when people ask me what my favorite movie is, that's my yeah, favorite. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've seen that probably five or six times, and that's rare for me. I don't rewatch really a lot of movies. Uh, Gladiator, I put a ten on that one. <clears throat> Gangs of New York. Really, really like that movie. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. I know people don't quite look at it the same as Dark Knight, but to me, that was... I mean, everything about that movie was great. Uh, this one is a little bit off the reservation for a lot of people. I know it's not a popular opinion, but I, I gave Revenge of the Sith a 10. Um, I I love that movie. I think uh, from the time that I first saw the trailer, I was... I was going to love it. I'm a big Star Wars geek and, um, you know, the emperor is one of my favorite characters. And so having it focused so much on him and, and kind of pulling together the, the two trilogies was pretty impactful for me. And I think it has the best fight scenes of any Star Wars. Uh, Batman begins. I gave that a 10. It, it's not, it's not as much of a 10 if, if you want to rate it against the dark Knight and dark Knight. um, Rises, but I I remember coming out of that movie being completely blown away um, at what a superhero wow. movie could be, and uh, I think I, I give it a lot of credit for for that. Uh, the next one is uh, Life is Beautiful. You guys know that? I know, Army, you must know this. Know this one? The um, Holocaust movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie, I I mean. That's a real tearjerker, but it was just so beautifully yeah. made and acted. Um, My brother's favorite movie is Schindler's List, and it's kind of a shocking thing to say. It's like, oh, how could you, like, have good feelings towards that movie? Because it's like you're never in the mood to pop that in and check that out again. But um, yes, I, I have seen that movie. It's very uh, yes, heartstring pulling kind of stuff. And and. and- yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you, if you caught that. Yeah, Schindler's List is on my is is one of my tens too because mm. it's one of those movies where I feel like to me what makes a movie good is what it makes you feel right, and so the level of intensity that you get from watching those two movies is remarkable, and it's you know it's pretty incredible as a medium that a movie can you know pull you so hard emotionally, and I think those two and some of these others as well. Uh, really stretch that and and i think it's you know it's a real it's a real performance yeah i think Uh, if you can talk about the movie afterwards um definitely a plus for me because like if you just leave the theater like even with um with thor you kind of you talk about the things that you like about it but movies like schindler's list inception it leaves you like questions with like wow like is the top still spinning like was he in a dream all all those kinds of things uh uh like score in the movie is really important to me as well mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. hot simmer is in everything yeah like jurassic park uh yep, yep. All, all those um that's my top soon that can make yeah make a movie uh you know two points better um just if you've got any of those guys uh on the ticket yep uh, so I've got four more. Um, I hope we'll agree on this one. The Fast and the Furious. Wait, so this is movies that you highly rate or your favorite now? These are my tens. Oh, that you rate tens? Yeah. Huh. I would not put Fast and Furious as a ten. Well, you are you don't live your life a quarter mile at a time, Roy, so <laughs> you don't belong. <laughs> your opinion is moot. Um, no, I mean, I think again, like, yeah, it's not a perfect movie, but it's a movie that I'm happy to watch anytime. And, uh, it's one of those that I think because it's become such a phenomenon, uh, you know, in the same way that I think a new hope is actually not that good. Uh, 
it has so much like value um, innately that I, I had to give it a 10 just because of what it's meant to, to me as a, as a movie goer and you know, someone that's loved action movies my whole life. So I think fast five has to be on the list then, right? Yep. Fast five is, is also as, is, is also yeah. a 10. That's a 10. What? That's I think I was, that's the best yeah. fast. Um, it's the best movie for sure. Of the, it, of has, the it has everything and it, yeah, it revitalized the, the franchise, um, into, you know, whatever, every other year being a billion dollar movie. So yeah, I would agree. Yeah. That's a great movie. And then my last, my last two are, um, rush. Do you remember that one? 2013. Oh yeah. sounds familiar. Yeah. Nikki. I was, uh, yeah. The racing movie, Nikki Lauda and another Chris Hemsworth movie. Uh, yeah. Daniel Bruhl. Oh, he was phenomenal. Uh, he's one of my favorite actors, not in a ton of movies, but or at least I haven't seen a ton of his movies, but he was fantastic. Um, Olivia Wilde. Yeah, that was a great, great movie. Um, and then the last one is, uh, is 12 monkeys. Um, Bruce Willis, Brad Pitt. Um, yeah. you know, not, not, a, not the most famous movie, but, um, I, I, another one where when I finished watching, I was like sat in my chair staring at the screen for a, f- a few minutes trying to gather myself um kind of a you know peak peak 90s action movie so heat is, is another one i would consider um gave it a nine though so. did you come up with your uh top five right yeah so i have 10 and of 10. my favorites not of the highest rated like um i haven't even like started a list of like what i think the best movies are but yeah like he'd be shawshank for sure like is is on that list somewhere um so my my top so now so these are my favorite movies which i can watch over and over again and love uh number one will always be full metal jacket has been will always be Uh, when i saw it in theaters it was playing in davis like at a retro film festival and that was just like i i blew me away and couldn't like leave my seat for like you know half an hour sitting there like what did i just see i've still never seen it it's it's incredible yeah, it's not one of those ones you can watch on TV because no one would ever air that movie. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun one. It's it's yeah, it's worth viewing. Um, number two is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Classic. That's always been a sauce. Yeah. Um, <laughs> number three, if I could take the whole Lord of the Rings series, if not, it'd be Two Towers. Hmm. Yep, underrated. Two Towers mm-hmm. is your favorite of the three. Yeah. Interesting. I I've like been a big Return of the King, but I think also that yeah. it, that movie has a lot of problems to me too. So. I think the whole part about like Rohan and the scenes kind of around that I think are really interesting, and I just like watching those actors. Yeah. He can do it. The The what? Hobbit trilogy really hurt those for me. <laughs> just knowing that that cast and production team was capable of something so terrible <laughs> that really that really so so the great thing about this uh rating using the imdb is you it obviously you can rank yeah. it by the number and you can put like you get to be reminded of what the worst movies you've ever seen are and the hobbit the battle of the five armies is a one you can't Whoa. give anything a zero but yeah that is a one that was one of the i i think i laughed in that movie's face when i walked out of that theater that was very aggressively bad. Have you ever walked out of a, of, a, of a theater before? I wish I had walked out of that one. Um, I don't think I I've walked, walked out, out, out of, of a theater. the House of a Thousand Corpses once. It's like I think it was like a Rob Zombie movie. <laughs> it was like it had. It, I I think I didn't even make it very far. It was probably like twenty minutes, and I just went into some other movie. It was terrible. <laughs> I did walk into, uh, by accident, uh, some kind of anti-Obama movie once. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it was. I don't know why it was at like a major theater, but I like wa- wandered into the wrong theater at one point. I was like shocked. At That's what crazy. Was happening. Yeah, it was very strange. Um, I've done one movie and it was Ghost Rider. I left. Oh, that's the movie that uh, like they laugh about. They're always talking about like, oh, like you got to ride the motorcycle, like. 
100 yards from goalpost to goalpost, but right, the goalposts right. are 120 yards apart. <laughs> Anyways, that's funny. All yeah, right, so continue on your list. list. All right, so we got we got Metal Jacket, Willy Wonka, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, and then quickly, kind of four to ten, uh, Goldfinger, James Bond, hmm. Sean Connery. I've well, so it was GoldenEye or Goldfinger, and since I played the N64 game like to pieces, I loved that game and I loved the movie GoldenEye. But I think for me, Goldfinger is my is my favorite Bond movie. Um, I love Men in Black, the first, the original. Uh, I love The Mummy, the first, oh, the original. I mean, I love Jurassic Park. Yeah, these are all movies yeah. I definitely like, but man, I don't but, know. Yeah, but. But they're my favorite. It's like okay. I wouldn't rate them high, but they're my yeah. favorite. Like, whenever they're on, I gotta watch them. I know every word, every line. You know? <laughs> Goldfinger, Men in Black, The Mummy, Jurassic Park, uh, Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, that's a Tom cool. Hanks, uh, Snatch. It's probably the last uh, Snatch, Catch Me, and maybe Pulp Fiction. Mm. Ah, I have to admit, I've I've never seen Pulp Fiction. Jesus. <laughs> Pulp Fiction? No. Wait. So, like, of the Tarantino movies, how many would you say you've seen? Mm, I mean, at least six or seven. Have you seen Jackie Brown? No. Wow. That's my favorite one. You've seen all the Kill Bills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Reservoir Dogs? Yep. Nice. Um, Hateful Eight? Uh, no, but I have it on my uh, computer. Inglorious Bastards, I've seen. Death Proof, I've seen. Grindhouse, I've seen. You saw those two, but not all the other ones. I mean, it's those a lot of cool. it. A lot of those it is cool. the time when it comes out, right? It's like if you missed Pulp Fiction. I mean, yeah, you could go back, but it's like if it's not in theaters, or you know, it's not coming out. It's just not top of mind for me to 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 see. But I, I I will. It's on my list. Django Unchained. Yeah. Uh-huh. For sure was fantastic. I think that's a nine for me. Um, it's a shame because like you really should just watch Pulp Fiction first. <laughs> right. Because like after Reservoir Dogs, like it really kind of changes everything, and everyone starts copying Tarantino with the gory um, like thriller, but. Yeah, it's the best of them. So. But no one can match his dialogue. How he does dialogue in movies, how accurate it is, how funny, how real it is. It's it, like still no one can match him. He's another person who the first time I saw him was he was acting, or and and not in like their natural or like their most notable habitat. Uh, he was on Alias as the character, and it was like Tarantino was. Yeah, and it. That was the first time I ever saw him. I had no idea who he was, and I was just like, "This is weird." Like, this guy. And then I like later found out that he was Quentin Tarantino. I was like, "Really?" <laughs> but the other one is probably more embarrassing, uh, and we'll tell you a lot about how plugged in I was to like MTV, or, or rather, not plugged in. But the first time that I ever saw, um, like, saw what he looked like, uh, was or the 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 first time I ever saw Ludacris was in Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen him before, and uh, and I was just so confused because people were He's like, "Oh, it's so funny!" Dude. Like, and I was like, "What? That guy was? Yeah, he was fine, but like, it's like that's ludicrous." I was like, "Really? I had no idea. No idea what he looked like." I totally missed a cameo in Thor too. Yeah, so. yeah, I did. Like a facial recognition problem. Maybe not. I, you know, I, it is very contextual for me. So when I'm not expecting to see someone in something, I don't even know. Yeah. But no, in yeah, those cases, field. in that case, I had literally never seen what Ludacris looked like, um, and so it was just, I just thought <laughs> I it was another actor. Uh, someone said something about it, I think. Um, but yeah, it's. So one that I forgot that I just realized should be immediately top ten, if not top five, is uh, Matrix. Yeah, Where's yeah, that that's, for you, that's high on my list. Uh, I think that's I have nine, that... nine or ten, right? Yeah, I think it's not on Netflix anymore. So, well, you, you should own it. I mean, <laughs> own it. I probably own it. I had it downloaded it. Um, I, yeah, I think that's a nine for me. Uh, definitely, you know, a top movie, but 
it 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 too has i mean it has flaws but it's it's great by itself it's amazing but there's so many like movies like that where it's like the first one is the best and then the sequels just rip it to shit and they're terrible yeah if i hadn't seen the sequels it probably would be a 10 <laughs> i think i think it just it's hurt in the same way that uh <clears throat> fast and furious is helped by seven more yeah. movies that i've loved uh this one is hurt by the two more that i did not like have you i, I think i've brought it up before have you seen the the prequels like like final cut all three of them into one movie what do you mean like back, like to, back a, to back at once no like um basically they cut all of the first movie except for the the duel of fates because that's the only important thing that happens guai khan tells uh oh we're talking star wars not matrix right. that was a quick change yeah. but i was i was yeah. with you i was with you i knew you were going well, there well yeah like there's other edits of the matrix where like the the two sequels are just clipped down into like an hour and 30 minute movie that's like super fun yeah that'd be a lot better yeah but yeah like basically there's a ton of fluff that makes these movies not so fun but if you compound them into like like a huge ass hit of all the best moments then then you're getting good stuff hmm. i thought there were the, the sequels had fun things like that that chase on the highway in the second one that was pretty sweet yeah. the one that got reused in transformers yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was sweet. You just clip that, throw on the like last fight uh at Zion in the third one and that's the only movie you need. You weren't a fan of the uh Zion rave dance party <laughs> middle of your film. Yeah. All the um the mythical characters that were in the movies really ruined it. Because like in the first one there's the Oracle. And that's kind of like, oh, okay, maybe she's like, you know, Miss Cleo or something. But like, <laughs> in the second one, there's the like the architect and the like the key maker. Oh yeah. Like, what the hell is this? They got Those a little two. carried away on the story being yeah. the reason it was if good. You, yeah. Have you followed the Wachowski uh, sisters, brothers, sisters? Uh, like, their career has gone into like complete like LSD like entertainment now. Everything is like fragmented and not really like anything you can easily digest, like the first Matrix was. Yeah, so luckily we have the Matrix, and that's it. <laughs> there you go. I think uh, speaking of the Star Wars prequels, I feel like Attack of the Clones has suffered from Phantom Menace. I've watched that movie like probably four or five times. It's good. I think it's every bit as good as the originals. Um, I don't know what you guys feel about that one, but that's one that I know, I know I'm higher than most yeah I, I like i like i don't like attack of the clones you're you're a big defender of that one and <laughs> Menace has some fun things like the pod race is pretty i That's don't pretty know cool. it was it, it it was like five minutes probably could have been two um i don't i i have struggled with child actors that aren't good and the kid yeah, is not good. i mean that's pretty much the whole problem is that uh it's not even the actor's fault. It's just that no kid could have performed how that character was written well. So. Yeah, the yeah, it was a tough. It's a bad role, um, but there are. I mean, there's been some amazing child acting performances. The the one I think of for sure is um, Millie uh, Bobby Brown, True Grit. Oh, Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, she was fantastic. Yeah, there's always a ton of uh, really good kid actors but that that role is just like i mean even great actors like natalie portman and mcgregor and uh liam neeson all these guys they, they all suck too so yeah. it's like um even if you are highly qualified it was just not written very well sam jackson yeah it was a lot of clown performances in the prequels <laughs> yeah. sam jackson who's that hey uh we never got uh, Roy's opinion on the Orient. Oh yeah, let's oh, let's Orient. turn our attention there. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed it. Um, it's based on Agatha Christie's book, right? And yeah, um, is there another movie like the original movie too? Or yeah, there was one in the seventies that like is still the best adaptation, but there's been like maybe four or five 
movies. Like once every five years, a new one comes out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I enjoyed it. I, th- I thought it had you know a great cast for the whole time. I didn't realize that was Daisy Ridley. I thought that was Keira Knightley. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought Josh Gad got really big. <laughs> I didn't realize that that was him. I mean, I don't know. Like his good actors. I like ensemble casts a lot. Like Willem Dafoe is hilarious and. I'm always a fan of kind of putting them all together and just you know, like having fun, like Ocean's Eleven. Um, I thought the guy that played um, the detective was very good. Yeah, Kenneth um, Branagh. Yeah, Kenneth Um I mean, it was enjoyable. Um, yeah. Let's look up the. Yeah, I, I agree. While you looked that up, uh, I thought it was it was good. It was fine. It was. Uh, I, I was I'm I'm not sad I watched it. I won't watch it again. Yeah. Um and I think yeah. Solid. I, I I we saw it like right after Thor, so uh for me it was like clearly not as good. Uh but at the same time like I would have been fine if I had seen that alone, like feeling like I got my money's worth. Yeah, yeah I, I, saw... I think one of the problems with the the movie was that like you felt like for some characters there was not enough time spent on them and then in the same time you felt like the movie ran long you're like oh well i'm glad they didn't you know add to their stories because like i was ready to get out of there pretty much when the movie was over the investigation and interrogations were too long and the figuring out what, what was actually happening was too short agreed i thought yeah that was super confusing like i just like the whole like uh Johnny Depp's plot at kidnapping the girl was like so quickly explained. I was like, "What? Where? How? Why would he do that? That doesn't seem like a good idea." <laughs> but uh, I think, um, I think it's yeah, it's fun. It's uh, one of the things Roy brought up earlier was that it's it's a good one-off, and you'll you won't buy it again, you won't watch it again, but you'll you'll have good things to say about. It. It's like, oh yeah, it's yeah. worth checking out. I could have used more Judy Dench and Willem Dafoe. Uh, <laughs> Judy Dench had like woefully misused. That was yeah, it was weird. Um, I didn't need any uh, for her. Um, the Ukrainian like countess and the like the ballerina guy. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was a weird scene. Like there's like they're like <laughs> making, I was like making oh, out mid interview. Like he couldn't keep his hands off her. Like <laughs> yeah, like they got like three minutes of like screen time i was like did they forget about those people because like in the the first shot of the you know the ill one like it was like a split second i was like oh is that another famous person or no and then we don't see her for like an hour and 45 minutes yeah and then they just get brought in the movie like who are they are they relevant okay (laughs) yeah um I will say that, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer hasn't been in a movie in, like, well, a good one in 10 years, the Stardust movie. That's who that was. Yeah, she was great. I mean, she, she played <laughs> yeah. that role really well. I liked Just, her. I had not seen her. I was like, wow, like, <laughs> yeah. she's still alive. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, okay. We can probably go back to Roy's, uh, you know, eclectic top 10 movies. Oh, yeah, it's very 14 year old in 1999 <laughs> list TBS top films. Yeah, so Lord of the Rings, Willy Wonka, and Full Metal Jacket from 321. <laughs> Did we miss any? Did you make it all the way through? Goldfinger, uh, Men in Black, The Mummy, Jurassic, Catch Me If You Can, Snatch, The Matrix, so Pulp Fiction. Yeah, so these are your favorites, but what are your highest Correct, rated? What, what would your, like, uh, let's say, five highest rated be? I mean, I would start at the movies that won an Oscar, kind of, and just go down there. Like, I think Goodfellas. Um, I, st- I still haven't seen um, The Godfather. Um, mm. I haven't seen shit. You haven't list. seen The Godfather? I've no. only seen one. I would start my list there and, and just kind of just go down the Oscar move, uh, movies and kind of see what I think. And and so like, um, Sounds of the Lambs was amazing. Oh yeah, that is that is good. Have you seen uh, speaking of Oscars, uh, Kramer versus Kramer? No, what's that? 
that is uh i think that's one of the best movies um it's uh yeah it came out in 1979 hmm. but it's uh down download that you'll watch okay. it. that one is like purely peak acting uh dustin hoffman meryl streep it's uh yeah i i'm i'm certain you will like it nice uh the another one that i um i think it won an oscar right crash yeah crashed yeah that is not one i would want to watch very often but it uh, crashed the ensemble cast one yeah with terrence howard matt dillon oh yeah that one was yeah i was not a big fan of that one i remember watching that with my parents and they had to pause the movie like after that the big highway like explosion scene because like they were like bawling crying (laughs) i was just like uh, might be <laughs> worth a rewatch because it. Uh, I watched it when I was in my like mid twenties, and I was like blown away. But yeah, I don't know that I would have emotionally manipulative. But yeah. if you go Is back it crash and again, it's yeah, not, it's crash. Uh, one of those forgettable ones. I will really? say, uh, do you guys have you um, watched any of those like Ghibli Studio animated movies? Uh, yeah, I mean Totoro. It's- Right. Well, that that's the most popular <laughs> one, but um, there was one that came out yes uh, last year. Um, Your name. It hmm. was finally dubbed into English and like wide released on Blu-ray. I would totally recommend that movie. It's a, uh, it's yeah, it's in the same like kind of uh, mysterious kind of um, fun um, but emotional movies. Hmm. Have you seen uh, No Country for Old Men? Yeah, that is really good. Yeah. That kind of, that style, like the dark sort of suspense, um, kind of bounty hunter or crime thriller with like the ultimate badass bad guy. I think that'll always get me. Like that kind of theme. It's like Dark Knight, very similar theme. No Country, that kind of theme. Love it. Yeah. There's There's a ton of westerns that I need to go and finally watch. Uh, I started doing it last year and saw all the ones that like are on this top 250 list but there's still so many that are just like after you watch them you're like wow they really know what what they were doing back then <laughs> like yes. all the old Clint Eastwood films are great <laughs> the original Clash of the Titans is really good mm. that uh, it has uh, you'll love it Roy because I think Aphrodite or Hera is played by Professor McGonagall Oh, but nice. it's a young Professor McGonagall, like she's like twenty-five or something. It's uh, I was uh, like taken aback when she came on screen. Where are the Harry Potter movies for you? Just out of pure fandom, they're medium because they're kind of all crap movies, <laughs> <laughs> except for number three. I think like, like number three was pretty good as a movie, but it's That's it's harsh. more about just. I don't know. Like they're just not good. It, it's it's cheese. It's it's entertainment. How come you like the, the as a movie? So much? Which one? How come you like the third Harry Potter so much? Um, I think it just it was good filmmaking. I think that was the first first. So the first two had one director, I think, and then the third maybe was a a new guy. Yeah, it's Alfonso Cuarón. It's it's the yeah. one that is like the most polarized. Gravity. Uh, yeah, he he he. Uh, Children of Men is like. You know, one of those uh, art like, school students. You can tell by watching it. Like, you can feel it. It's it's slower. It's kind of more, I don't know, like, there's more visuals. Like, when they go back in time. I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's filmed much differently than, of course, one and two, where it's it's all, it's very kid. It's very, I don't know. Yeah, it's the one that's the least uh, kid-friendly. Yeah, for sure. I thought the last ones were good. Seven. Seven and 7.5. I have a hard time, yeah. I have a hard time separating the books from the movies. Like, I think I had just read five and then saw the fifth movie at midnight, and of course, it was like I wanted to be realistic. Like, I, I love it like when it follows, hmm. and because you know, like, like yeah. you just read and spend, and spend like you know, like cramming this best novel, and then it's like, wow, this movie had nothing. Like, no characters. They they, they left out like half the stuff, and like you're disappointed rather than being. Like, oh, this is cool. Like, I'm watching for certain things and certain lines, and then I'm disappointed. And then it's like, well, that sucked. Five was the worst for that because that's the one with the Quidditch World Cup, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you sit down in the theater, and there's 
uh, like 90 seconds of the Quidditch World Cup, and it's like yeah. half the book. Right. Yeah. So I I watch, and I've probably harped on this before, so sorry for if, if you've heard this one before on me, but I watched the uh, Inferno last night. The Actually, Roy, funny, you actually, uh, you'll be um, in on this too, because I think you and I watched Angels and Demons together, right? Like at my uh, maybe like my mom's house, like okay, it was okay, a long yeah. time ago. But yeah. another set of books that or movies that veer off badly from the books, and the movies are fine if you haven't read the books. But if you've read the books, they are a disaster. So for Angels and Demons, for example, like half the book is takes place at CERN, and the character uh, there's this character who's like ends up being this, the the villain behind everything, and in the movie there is. Only the opening credits are at that location, and that character does not exist. And he's the key <laughs> villain in the movie, in the whole story. And they like replace it with like some—I don't even remember what it was—but I was like livid. And then, have you have either of you read Inferno? No, no. It's a very very good book, but the—I mean—the ending. Deborah. Yeah, yeah. The the ending of the book is the opposite of the ending of the movie. Like it is. Like, if you want to say happy ending, sad ending, like, it is the actual opposite of what happens in the book. And, like, I'm sitting there the whole movie thinking, like, oh, I can't wait for this big plot twist. And then it's no twist. They just end it. It's like, I can't believe you did this to me. Like, again. So, it's, uh, yeah, I agree with you. When you aren't true to the book. And I think for Harry Potters, for me, I read the books, like, as soon as the books came out. And so the movies course, were... Yeah, we did, yeah. Well, but you just said you read the fifth, and the, or maybe you did. Were you rereading Again. the fifth? Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. The fifth. oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, I think that to me, that I would avoid that because when you have the book fresh in your mind, it is very difficult for the movie to live up to it. Yeah, it's only a disappointment for sure. Because I know I've already forgotten like a lot. I mean, I five I do remember being annoyed that the Quidditch scenes weren't there, um, but for most of them, I hadn't seen. I mean, I probably read seven four years before the movie came out. So it was like, by the time it came out, I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. Um, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, hard. It's... Thrones is a perfect example. I mean, I, I love the first, what, four seasons of Thrones. And then I read the books. And then I hated the fourth season or fifth season, whichever mm. one it was, that I watched after having read all the books. And then as soon as the show outpaced the books again, I loved it again. So it's just a matter of not having the preconceived notions and expectations that aren't going to be fulfilled. So I'm on season six right now, and I haven't read a word of the books, but, but I love the show. That's interesting. Wait, you haven't caught up yet? No, I started really late. I just have avoided watching Game of Thrones because I wanted just to binge it and kind of let the craze die down. So I, I started like a month or two ago. I'm, oh all, the up to, I'm all the way up to season six now. Yeah. How have you avoided this for so long? Well, I was hooked on like five other shows, like binging Westworld, which is the best show ever, and Stranger Things. And Stranger Things, I don't understand the fascination. It's a good show, man. I mean, I've watched it, but it does not does not all come close 80s, to Thrones. All the eighties references, all the culture stuff, like the D and D watching the show through the kids eyes it, it, it's it's just good honest like fun filming and it's 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 entertaining and at times generally like scary and suspenseful yeah i think it's too heavy of an emphasis on the nostalgia of that period of time which mm -hmm. i i just don't share so it's i purely either enjoy or don't enjoy things from like a face value perspective uh, and that has no context for me, so I just don't enjoy it because I don't think the quality of the acting is particularly good, and I don't think the quality of the uh, story is very interesting. Um, I get that. Yeah, yeah but the the uh, Duffer Brothers are nerds at heart, and and they just like love kind of doing all this sort of nostalgia work, and it's I mean like yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, uh, Westworld, I am in on for sure. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> I'm excited for that to come back. And I liked that she was in Inferno, the actress that plays the... Uh... Oh, Dolores? No, sorry, the older actress, uh, the one that... Wait, who? She's like the head of the... Oh, Westworld. the British woman. Yeah, she's uh... in Inferno. Anyways. Oh, um, 
Sadie something. Sadie. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you guys know this stuff. <laughs> oh, I love Westworld. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we went long. That was a good chat. I'm glad we got to get into movies. Army, did you want to give any of your top uh, rated movies or your, maybe we can hold that for next week? Yeah. No. Inception. We know it. Yeah. I need to rewatch Inception. That was one I only watched once for some reason and definitely enjoyed enough to watch multiple times. Um, what about uh, Watchmen? Uh, so that's that's one that I I walked out of the theater being like, that was great. Like, no way, you know, nothing wrong with it. And then I've rewatched it and I dislike it more and more each time. So like after the third one, I was like, I don't ever want to see this movie again. So I don't know if it's because so much of what I liked about it the first time was like the unique visual effects or the unique story um, or what it was, but something about it has just not held up well for me. And I, I wish I would have just left it alone. That's interesting. Rewatching movies and it getting worse or better with each viewing and how you think about it changes. Hmm. Um, that was one of the reasons I love the prestige so much is that I can watch it every time and notice more and more. Uh, Memento, another movie like that, where it's like yeah, there's so much the there. Movies. Yeah, every Nolan movie. Yeah, I will say, uh, yeah, I'm just basically going down up and down the 250 list, and it's like, yeah, I would recommend these movies, but like I, I don't really want to bring them up. But like the one that kind of popped out to me was American History X. Like every time I see that movie, it like it like leaves you like sick inside just like this still goes on it's like mm -hmm. i yeah. haven't seen it oh wow great uh, ed norton is like a skinhead who goes to jail uh for doing skinhead I'll, stuff I'll, I'll watch it yeah i like edward norton for sure oh it's it is emotional as fuck yeah nice list Yeah, it's interesting to keep a list of movies you you like. I just started it. Is it's this feature not... free on IMDb? Or... Yeah, yeah, it's just called a list. Um, I actually have not... I've, I've been just putting, like, literally every movie that I can think of that I've seen um, so that I eventually will hopefully end up with, uh, like, a pretty comprehensive list. It's uh, interesting that, like... Um, I didn't even look at your list, but, like... Um... You're so hesitant to like give something like a five. It's just everything is a either the greatest movie ever. Feast or famine. So <clears throat> I think yeah, I noticed that as well. I think the reason is because these are movies that I remember. And so anything that's either, you know, higher than a three and lower than an eight, I just don't remember. Like it made no impression on me and I just forgotten that I've seen it. Um I think my, if I were to break it out, like I already said what a 10 was, but like a nine is basically <clears throat> really, really like the movie. It is not one of my favorites of all time. Eight, I would watch maybe once again. Seven is like, I watched it, liked some things, didn't like some things. We'll never watch it again. Um, you know, probably fine that I spent money on it. Anything below that is like bad. And then obviously like the ones are the ones that I, like, you know, ones and twos, I would laugh at their existence and wish I hadn't seen. <laughs> Nice, good stuff. All right, well, so you'll go see Kramer versus Kramer. I'll watch Pulp Fiction, and uh, we'll come back, and maybe Army will rewatch Crash, and uh, we'll come back and talk uh, again next week. Thanks everyone for listening, and uh, yeah. best of luck with your week eleven betting. Yep. Good luck, guys. Bye.